It's August. It's 2020. And we're still here. Percentage of us are still here because, you know, end of the world diseases. But me and Matt are still here. How you doing, man? I'm not bad. First time I've seen you since March. You poor bastard. <laughs> All these lameless months. How do you people cope? I'm asking you a question. Don't. How do we you don't. cope? We don't cope. <laughs> man, I'm looking forward to this because been a long ass time since we sat and listened to a Mohead album yeah, and this is also one of the albums that I had on CD growing up so I have fond memories of it but I'm yeah. also very aware that those are going to be you know this, yeah, the nostalgic <laughs> memories is what they're going to be because the reviews of this album they ain't great are they? No like I don't, I don't have this this is one I've picked up like recently while we've just been or while I was collecting all the LPs so yeah I've, I've only picked up recently and <laughs> but it's we'll get on to like why I think because I think a lot of people describe it as it's just not particularly memorable yeah I think that's, that's maybe that's the consensus isn't it yeah that's because there's other albums like Iron Fist which are really not very good but it's got Iron Fist on it so there's a quote I want to read you uh, Snakebite Love came together like our albums usually do Lemmy wrote in his autobiography six weeks before we recorded it we didn't have, we didn't even have one song, but when it came time, we put it together very quickly. Unfortunately, I was sick for some of the rehearsals, and when you leave two guys together who aren't singers, you end up with some weird arrangements. So there are some weird songs on this album, like musically, aren't there? Yeah, there's some, there's some odd choices in there. It's there are a, a few songs that I do quite like, but a lot of it seems like filler. This mm. seems like. It's like all album tracks. Yeah. It seems like they had to just write it in a few yeah. weeks. It feels like they kind of had the contract with the record company that said you need to put out an album this year. And this is 1998 Eight. as well. So it's what's going on in the time of music. Like They had to make the masters happy, essentially. They couldn't go somewhere else because music was on a kind of a decline at this point or there's newer bands coming around. The one album I remember coming out which I think is a turning point in this band's career as well, is Americana by The Offspring. That's the one album I can remember coming out from this year as well, where it was like, that was kind of like such a shift for them from being like, having Smash and X-Nay and the Ombre out and being like sort of a a poppy but solely punk band to becoming a pop band. Yeah. <laughs> like when you, when you see the video for Pretty Fly for a white guy and why don't you get a job on like... Just like you're hearing that, just on like standard radio stations, you think you know something's up. But yeah, it's a weird year in music. There's a lot of change, I think, because this is, I'd say, I'd say like decline or stagnation, whereas it's kind of waiting for, like rock still plodding on, pop like punk sort of changing to pop, especially like Green Day as well, because mm-hmm. Minority out around this time as well. Is that a bit later on? That might be a bit later on. Um, but it's before like new metal kicks in and metal has like a bit of a resurgence, so it, it's kind of just becoming a bit sort of stale and stagnant. And they, even the even the big bands like Motorheads, like they're putting out this. Metallica were putting out like Reloads, which, to be honest, re- if we're being honest, because I know there's there's people that will defend Load and Reloads. There's probably like a good album. Or a good Metallica album between those two albums, but reloads like the cuts. What was supposed mm. to be on the cutting room floor for Load 
Well, let's uh, let's have a look at this this album cover. Unfortunately, my copy of this is a bootleg one because I bought this before the reissues came out. So it doesn't look too bad from a distance, but once you get to but it, you can really close, see. Yeah. Like if you go to the back as well, where you look at like you know the very bottom where the production logos are like spv and steam hammer and everything they look terrible (laughs) um but yeah so my copy's a bootleg one which it was released probably about 10 years maybe 10 20 years ago i think i'm not really too sure i haven't been able to find a lot on it it just it it's just printed on it's printed not very well the labels are coming off the actual disc. You can still see the art cover, though. When, yeah. when I was a young lad, I had this on a double CD. So it was this and Overnight Sensation. So I didn't really have the proper cover. So this is the first time I'm seeing it in all, in all its snake glory. It's a cool idea. And like I like the way that it, it kind of, not like mirrors the Orgasmatron cover, but they sort of doing that, that thing where the logo's on its side and coming towards you. I just don't think there's as much detail in this one as there is in like the Orgasmatron cover. It it looks like one of the old school super violent March or Die covers, but aren't all the songs just like snakes and uh, snakes and girls and shit? Yeah, it's it. And there's Dogs of War, so we have got some classic war songs on there. There are some quite heavy songs on there. I think it's it's sort of about a fifty-fifty split between like traditional motorhead rock and roll. And sort of this, I describe it as like that modern era. Once you get, yeah. we are Motorhead, and they start sort of really slipping into that groove of. They'll have like two or three rock and roll songs on, but a lot of it's just heavy, hard, and fast Motorheads mm-hmm. or modern Motorhead songs. Um, but yeah, there's a, there's a few elements on there, but it seems to be like a fifty fifty thing between them. Again, this is that weird period as well where Lemmy doesn't have his moustache, <laughs> so it's it's just it yeah. just doesn't look right. Doesn't sound very motorheadery. He doesn't look very motorheadery. It's uh... it's that thing from like because you look at the band photos from March or Die, which is it's like the iconic one of Lemmy where he's in like the leather sleeveless jacket and he's got like all the iron crosses, mm. all like the rings and everything on I think it's on like there's a best of motorhead where that's like the the cover and that came out like 2000 and then like he shaves off the mustache and there's like this and this cover. and then they get to we are motorhead where he's got it no he hasn't got it back by then has he because he hasn't got it in the god save the queen video I don't think so I think it's hammered where he gets it back but anyway it's like it there's hammered. like that that free album period where he doesn't have it it just things seem a bit off Snakebite Love's cover is weird in that like the front cover is like look at this old school metal death snakes but then you turn it around it's like they're just nice lads yeah Phil and his polka dot shirts (laughs) it's it's like it's applying it's like the front covers for like oh young metal heads come by this and then the back's like hey dads look look at these lads they you know you can play this in the in the barbecue you're having in your back garden yeah like there's there's it says on the wiki, but we haven't got the inner sleeve notes because this is a bootleg and that will cost money. <laughs> um, so there isn't that, but Phil's credited as somewhat unpronounceable symbol as the artist formerly known as Phil Campbell. The piss take is obviously Prince. Um, yeah, that's a bit of a dated reference as well. <laughs> uh, I'm excited to hear this album, man. Shall we put it on? Yeah. What's track number one? Love for Sale. Love for Sale. 
song is what I would call it. I like that song. Yeah. It's weird that it's uh, like the longest track on the album. Well, it ties for, yeah. And it's the opener. I would have made that the single, me. This was at the time where they'd stopped putting out singles because they just weren't profitable. Hmm. So, I don't know if there's a video for this or if this was just the, the, the single that was released for like Radio Airplay to promote the album, but they haven't put out a single since I think it's Born to Raise Hell, and even then it's just on the Airhead soundtrack. So like a proper single before that is Once Sing the Blues, I think. Wow. So that's off. Is that off March or Die? I think. I don't know, but I, I can is, yeah. I can tell you what soundtrack this song is on. Or 1916. Someone will correct me. Go on. What what soundtrack? Is it's this? one of my favorite murder movies but it's not the first one in that murder movie series it's the fourth it's the fourth in that murder movie series come on you know what my favorite murder movie series is how I'm long trying to you think know of, me i'm trying to think of any that have lasted more than it's something four. that i've discussed at great length with people and they've all shut off because they don't find it interesting the chucky movies oh yeah so is it on bride of chucky which is a camp treat Brides of Chucky is a great movie. It's a fantastic movie. Jennifer Tilly's amazing in it. It was a, yeah, very good compared to... Seed of? Three. Seed of, I didn't like. Seed of's five. I don't think I've seen the ones after that. Oh, Curse of is great. The the one after that's, uh, I can't remember what it's called. It's pretty, pretty damn good as well. Not as great as Curse of. And then there's the reboot one, which isn't that great. But that's okay, because we've got a series coming this year, so that's going to be much more in canon with what we've already seen. It's going to reestablish Andy coming back. But anyway... Is this... um? Would this have been the period where he has his feud with Rick Steiner? <laughs> uh, yeah, when him and Robocop teamed up. <laughs> Different days. No, let's talk about Motorhead. That's what we're here for. Um, so this song's about prostitutes yeah it, it, it sounds like it's about prostitutes and i've always thought it would be about prostitutes from the first time i heard it but then like the chorus which is my favorite part of it i, I can't believe it's real to send it you send it through the mail what are you what yeah. are you sending through the mail i don't know if this is like mail or the brides maybe i'm trying to think where that comes from i think it might just be a throwaway line uh, yeah, just, i think the whole just song's like referencing to... but it's, it's still a great collection of throwaway rhyme and couplets though you know uh call me back call me Call me up, call me back, call me what you want to, shoot your shot, shoot the moon, nothing that you can't do. Bam, 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 bam. All Jerry Lewis rock and roll stuff, man. There's, I've noticed points? quite a lot of rock and roll. There's, um, like, there's the one, hold me tight, make me warm, give me shelter, treat me right, in from the storm, help the skeleton. So it's Beatles and yeah. Stones in there. So I, 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 I was, uh, clocked that and was like, oh, that's, that's quite cool. What's the Stones part of that? Give me shelter. I don't listen to the Stones. I don't. But anyway, give me shelter. So. She love it. You're going like, oh, it's that song. No, but yeah, that sounds to me like a classic Motorhead song. Like if they dropped that into a live set, you'd be like, yeah, this belongs here. Yeah, it's, it, we talk about those those songs that they just break out where it's like they'll slow it down, like with Metropolis or mm. or Capricorn or something. But then they'll play like this or Doctor Rock yeah, or something. Segue you back in. There. Yeah, to to well, they don't they don't play this. Um, <laughs> they play Doctor Rock. <laughs> But like this would be a choice for that, that kind of song. But 
Yeah, they barely played any of this live. They probably only played it on the tour. Mm. Which, which, you know, kind of a shame because I, I, I like this song. Yeah, I mean, the sound's good as well. This is the last album they do with Howard Benson. So he did everything from Bastards. So he did Bastards Over Sacrifice, Overnight Sensation, and this. Um, and yeah, he's he's got a decent a decent set. He's got the band sounding as it shows. It sounds like a motorhead. Sounds right? like motorhead. It's what they say in the studio book. Is it's one of those ones where they were like, we need to make a bit of a different sound, but also keep the sounds familiar enough to loyal fans so no one mm. gets pissed off. So I think that's what they try with different songs. But this one, the first one on the album, is like, hey, here's a motorhead song. Yeah, yeah, definitely. It's it's one of the the takeaways for the album. I like it. Just, I just think there are songs on other albums that do what this is doing better. There's some mm, nice bits in there, but again, it, it's that thing of like it, it being memorable. Not going to be many of them in this one. What's the the next track though? Then Dogs of War. Dogs of War. Christ, speaking of memorable, I don't even remember what this one goes like. It's fine. typical you know war and death songs but it's not with the war and death crunch that you get in the older versions if you follow me yeah so it's not like the orgasmatron like slow lumbering death machine or the march or die or the the pace i think one of the interesting things to note on this is that it's not particularly anti-war like those songs are Mm. it's saying it's Basically talking about living in infamy. Will you stand and fight? I th- I th- got the feeling that this was a song about being called to war, as opposed to like look at all these people going to die on the idiots. Yeah, like, this is this is the opposite side of it. Like yeah. someone's got to do it. Yeah, definitely. Like it's it's not got that that anti-war message at all. It's it's more just describing that situation in the the heat of thing. Will will you stand and fight or? Yeah, there's it, not even mention about like cowardice or anything. No. It's like we will stand, we will be united. <laughs> but it is called Dogs of War, and we've already used the dogs metaphor in previous albums and established that it's not good. <laughs> mm. I don't even mean that. I don't, that phrase is used a lot. Like Everton used to be called the Dogs of War and, and things like that. So people, it depends on the context, but I, some use it. I know, like you say, Lemmy's used it previously for for denouncing war and hatred and fighting and everything but this this does seem to be just it's almost taking just a moment and just describing that not not really like looking too much into the context or background or anything just taking the single moment and trying to write that emotion or that feeling mm. into a song and to be fair it does it does that well um the only thing it reminds me of because it starts stand 
in the in the gang vocals, it reminds me of Stand from March or Die, which again is yeah, yeah, different song altogether. I know, but the same opening. (laughs) That's that's part of the issue with this, where we're constantly comparing these songs to like other songs. It's like, oh, it reminds me of this. Oh, it reminds me of that. Yeah, they did better on that album, didn't they? With that, it's that kind of thing, which is this is recurring theme throughout this. Um. Have you got any more to say on Dogs of War? I don't want to say it's let down by the riff. It's just, it's it's not a really great riff, is it? It's they, kind of meandering. I think they reuse, they reuse this as well, because this is... And then on Night Side, it's almost the same, but reverse. So rather than going down, it goes up. And again, this might be like just because of the recording process. Like, as, as you say, if they'd have come in, with to that six week window with one or two songs written mm. or one or two songs fully fleshed out then sort of spent right we've got six weeks to do seven songs or eight songs fair enough it might have given some of these a bit but some of it feels like it is that'll that'll just have to do i know there were a lot of rewrites i think mainly with night size on this from what i've been able to to find out but it's it kind of feels like it's thrown together it's like well it's 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 a song it's maybe one of those that if you just if you had you know three or four months for recording and you've written 20 songs that you might sort of say right leave this on the cutting room floor there's not there's not really any substance to it yeah that's the feeling i got from the studio book was like they basically at some point say look we need three more songs and then the label said tough we need three more songs and i think that's how stuff like this happens hmm. is the but, next song any better <sighs> i'd say the next song's the best on the album okay um, even though it shouldn't be it shouldn't be hmm. the best on the album put it on what, what is it you'll see oh that snake bite love is what that is <laughs> in the zoo in the zoo i know <laughs> So favourite song on the album, eh? It's a claim. It's more because of the absurdity of this thing. <laughs> I suppose so you do stupid. have to lead into it, don't you? It's the one that's most memorable from the album. You have to give it that. I suppose so, yeah. Any particular <laughs> verses you want to pick out? I feel we could well, talk about all three of these. Yeah. It's like... I, I get what you're doing, Lemmy. You know, snake bite love. Uh, obviously, you know, women and snakes. Fair enough. It's just when it there's how many verse. There's like one extra verse there's in three there verses. that shouldn't be in there. They should have just cut it in the summer. In the summer, I don't want to see the plants. I don't want to see the termites <laughs> or the rabbits or the ants. Yeah, <laughs> the rabbits or the ants. Well, 
Because the rest is in a zoo and he's looking at all the other animals and getting turned on by the animals. Okay, fine, fair enough. What zoo are you going to that's got rabbits and ants in it? Yeah, that, like the thing with the first verse. Because maybe maybe he's sort of going, like, you see them in the zoo and then there's the jungle. Yeah. And then, I suppose it could use desert. doesn't really fit. Um, But, like, it's the fact the first verse has got, like, all the good ideas in it. All the all the <laughs> ideas that fit are in the zoo and the zoo. I want I, I want to see the snakes. Yeah. I don't want to see the lions or gorillas or the apes. It's like yes, fit, fit, great. <laughs> want to see a python squeeze somebody's eye again? That fit or a boa constrictor in the middle of the night? That's a bit more stretched, <laughs> but I get it rhymes. It fits. Like I'm I'm totally happy with that. And then it's in the jungle, in the jungle. I don't want to see the trees. I don't want to see the flowers or the beetles and the bees. <laughs> or see an anaconda called in the gloom suffocate an alligator beneath a tropical moon. To be fair, he saves it with the end of that. But like, the start is just But there's nothing else you could put for jungle rather than trees flowers beetles and bees was that and then the third verse in the summer and the summer i don't want to see the plants the termites or don't want to see the termites the rabbits or the ants i want to see a cobra inflate his scary hoods which again this is just getting into (laughs) that sort of territory and the bite is unsuspecting i think that's really good (laughs) i mean this is just it's gone off a cliff, hasn't it? It's like the second verse has got like right, fair enough. He saves it. He picks up with the second half of it, but the third verse is just awful all the way through, and then the awful erection pun. He <laughs> <laughs> said of writing it. Let me said uh, that was one of those things I wrote in ten minutes, duh, yeah. like a stream of consciousness thing. Phil changed the chords around on the drum track because there were that was a completely different song before and we had and we had it down. It wasn't really happening. Phil went in early one day and listened to the drum track without the guitar. It changed it completely. It does sound like it was written in in five minutes, but that suppose that's the thing that if you write in like that, you're gonna use all your good ideas at the start. <laughs> yep. Um, writing is rewriting. That's rule number two of writing. Just out of a other lines in there forked tongue make you feel so tongue good make you feel like, so which good. I can only imagine is a reference to Conolingus. <laughs> that's all I can think of that it's, it's like, oh this has not come up uh, I saw this one in, uh, interview years ago to stay with me uh, Mickey D did not want to call this album Snake Bite Love because he thought it sounded too gay mm. <laughs> to be fair Eddie Clark's put out Snake Bite around this time as well or a few years oh, yeah. oh it's 94 that actually but it's, it's like we were saying, this is like reptiles and women is apparently a rock and roll trope. Yeah, to be fair, it do, it doesn't help when it's... Where is it? Where is this other line? Snake hips boy gonna lay you down, gonna bite your ass. <laughs> you can probably see why Good Mickey thought it was a, a bit gay. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, but... It, Mickey songs as gay I mean, as you what, want, I say. What does that even mean? Oh, what does any of it mean? Jesus Christ. I, I mean... <laughs> He started with the image of he's got the title written down there as his snake bite love that 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 should have been like a blues track that's what that should have been it should have mm. been a slow heavy blues number instead which they've come up with this fast paced thing which is not a bad I think which is not a bad thing because I do like the guitar in this yeah I think it, and like the uh, the solo's pretty good as well whacking on that wah pedal and things 
I like the musicality of it much more than the lyrics. Yeah, if you if you listen to it, it's fine. But if you overanalyze it like we have, mm-hmm. it, it makes it terrible. But again, it, suppose it gives it it gives us a lot more to talk about. Like we certainly remember this. Yeah. A lot more than something like Dogs of War or Assassin, yeah, which yeah. is coming up next. It is. It's not a bad song, but it is a bad song. Yeah. <laughs> Schrodinger's song. It's it's, it's. it's good and awful at the same time. Yeah, it's it's one of the Motorhead songs that sticks with you, but not in the the classics way. But anyway, let's let's not analyze that to death because we're not going to find anything good. <laughs> what did you say? The next one was Assassin. Assassin. I am Assassin. talking about this thing of we need more songs to finish the album (laughs) it's weird because i think there is that riff is a bit it's not a a bit fucking repetitive yeah and And then they try and spice it up by that long fucking drum solo which which is all fucking high to me this kind of sounds like it's trying to emulate sacrifice and something like Orgasmatron, mm. where it's trying to be that, that big, hard, heavy thing with the sort of off drum beat, and then with the barked, like, vocals, yeah. but it just doesn't quite fit. It just... And, you know and that, that breakdown, it's just, it just doesn't go anywhere. Like, the Sacrifice drum solo, like, I, I know people who, like, just... I remember playing it for a guy who used to drum in a band years ago and he he was like just out of college he was like 17 and he'd heard like ace of spades and that was about it and like i think i had sacrifice on the car when when going to practice and like that drum solo from sacrifice fucking loved it Hmm. and would try and play it at every practice like it was it was but this is just it gets that breakdown it just doesn't go anywhere like i mean I mean, you can people can take a leave drum solos, but like you'd look forward to seeing, because you knew sacrifice was coming, and and that drum solo is boss the yeah. way he does that. Like the first few times you see it, I can see like if you've been to see them like ten, twenty times, and fair enough, it might get a bit dull. But if you see them once a year, to see that it's brilliant. But just this, it it doesn't go anywhere, and like the only thing to say, the only time it does seem to go somewhere is like desert be thy, it's desert be thy grave, mm. and there's that bit which really feels like it's been inserted 
into the song to try and to try and make it do something else because it, it's just so slow and dull and repetitive. And there's like this bit where he perks up, but then we're just back to the assassin riff. That's the thing with trying something new. A lot of the times it does not work because it was fine the way it was. Mm. Like if this was sung as like an actual song, like it would just be like, die now, no more time. I am death. The hand is mine. That's fine. That's fine. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. Why not just do that instead? Yeah. Too late now, I suppose. Yeah, you could. You could. I, it's just not that. I can again seeing like the way they. But for to experiment, you need time. You mm, need time to point. to feel it out and and figure out what works and what doesn't. And when you're on a, a six week, a six week cut off, and I know some bands that will probably spend six weeks on one song. But like with this, when you're writing and recording it in six weeks, no, it's not. It's just Especially not when you've enough. you come unprepared with anything as well. Yeah, it just it doesn't feel like there's enough time to work it out. And it's one of those I could have done with a few more weeks to to iron out because it just that breakdown section is it just doesn't go anywhere. And it feels like maybe if they add a few weeks, they build up to something. Yeah. Uh, and everything, but it's just not there, and it just sort of has the bongo things, hmm. and then it just goes back into the riff. It's it adds nothing. And Mickey like, D is on record as saying like they should have. He suggested let's just go let's go play some places where we are, like just like what we said, we'll try like five hundred quid, just pay us and we'll play just to try this new material out. If they played that live, they would never have recorded it. Yeah, and this is the thing because there's there's quotes from like Mickey who says. The, one of the songs on this album is he feels is the worst they've done and it's not this <laughs> so it's it's like there's worse to come uh, gross it's it just i just don't like this song no, i think it's, it's the not, i think it's like one of the worst on the album yeah, it's or is it, it's probably the worst on the album like the other the other songs i can kind of take or leave but this is just one of the ones that i just really don't like the, the pre, I guess you'd call it pre-chorus stuff, where it's a bit singy is good, but it's just not worth listening to the whole song. Yeah, to a... like that. It's a, it's a welcome, a welcome break in, in the dirge. That is the rest of it. <laughs> but as you say, it just doesn't go on for long enough. They have a double one towards the end of it, but that's it. And again, it doesn't, it doesn't build to anything. Like if it was that, because usually with a pre-chorus, you look into to build to like a proper hard-hitting chorus but when it just goes back into the yeah it's there's nothing lyrically it just falls it just falls flat shall we just move on yeah <laughs> last song on this side is it take the blame I didn't remember until 
got to the chorus. And it's like, ah. See, that's more. It's more like it, isn't it? This, yeah, yeah. This is one of my favourites on the album. I like it. It's just giving politicians shit. Well, that's what I like in my rock and roll. Yeah, yeah. It, it and it's like a different, a different spin on it. It's, it's like it's not spin saying giving politicians shit. <laughs> yeah, he's not saying they're all they're all liars and cheats and whatever. He's saying like you know they're they're happy to take the money, but will they take the responsibility for what they do? And so that's about the institution of politics. Yeah, it's about the politicians, yeah. individuals who are by and large a shower of bastards. Yeah, and like there's there's one um there's one pre-chorus in it where you can be the new rising star, you can be the new super wave boy, you can be the tyrant, you can rule by fear. That's the way they like it. Stick it in their ear, like just sort of getting the point across via propaganda to say that's that's the way they like it just keep saying it and they'll 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 like it <laughs> they'll mm-hmm. have to like it I, I you know it's, again it's in a few lines building this this picture which we've talked about like previously of like not even saying the word propaganda just yeah. sort of very simple words like say it enough say it enough and roll by fear and they'll like it they'll have to like it <laughs> It's a lot smarter than it needs to be as well. There's that line, education fails. No need to teach the poor. They just get in the way until you have a war. Yeah. <laughs> so it's the institution of the education system there, which is failing us all. It's how you end up with idiots in control, people, because of the lack of education early on. I love that. There's, there's one line which is really, really lazy as well, but it works so well as towards the end. See you on TV. You talk and talk and talk. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> it's like, you shouldn't be able to get away with that. The bit, <laughs> after, that, the bit after that, liars, thieves, and dorks. <laughs> I don't think there's any other Motorhead song that uses the word dork. dork. <laughs> there's no, I can't think of any other songs that would use the word dork. It's a, it's a proper 90s insult, dork. I want to bring that well. back. I'm a big fan of that word, dork. Shut up, you dork. Hammond organ solo as well in there. Weird organ solo. Like I, I knew there was going to be an organ solo at some points, and then that came out of nowhere. And I, was like, oh, that sir is an organ solo, <laughs> which is bizarre as well. Because that this is one of the songs I talked about earlier as being like that modern Motorhead sound. Yeah. It's that that like hard fast, and it's like Definitely. I wrote down in the notes when I was talking about this. Yes, it's that. This is where we're starting to get the transition, and then there's Hammond organ and solo. Hammond organ. <laughs> um, which again, that it would have been good to hear this live, but I don't suppose they could have done it with the Hammond organ solo. So it's just a bit of a, a weird choice, and especially on like this song, which is like right, you know, traditional hard fast stick to what we know. Hammond organ solo, and like I don't know if that got in the way of maybe it being played live. I mean, you sort of put this alongside other songs that have the same theme, like I'm looking at just because you got the power. Oh, they're very different songs for they get point across slightly differently but I don't know which one I'd I guess you, you're just spoiled for choice when it comes to that kind of material in Motorhead and they just go with whatever's different than the rest of the songs in the set you mm. know what I mean so they don't have too many like just because you've got the power as well as being a great song on its own like as a great uh, set breaker like yeah. it gives people a chance to just cool down go to the bar and get the mosh pit whereas this you could you could have a good monster. Good song. I like it. I, it's versatile. one of the better on good the Good versatile song. Yeah. But yeah, I again like it. 
there's some songs that work with like loud quiet loud quiet this is like fast slow fast slow fast slow and it you know it it sticks in your head and it makes it more memorable because there's all these these changes in there um but yeah definitely one of the the better songs on the album and this is bar snakebite love because that's memorable for different reasons <laughs> this is sure probably is. the song you should take off this side well let's uh let's flip the disc and see what the other side has to offer then eh? mm. and the first track on that side is dead and gone Woke up insane today Dreamed I was blown away Ten thousand called my name Asleep at the wheel again Turn me down, turn me down Take my head and turn it around Turn me on, turn me on Welcome, change of pace. But yeah, very, very almost like heartfelt. It's, I mean, maybe this is one of the ones where Lenny's sort of saying about the arrangement, but or the arrangement being a bit off because it's been written by just a drummer and a guitar player rather than having the vocalist there. But I think, I think it works. Yeah, it works in in this case. Like, there's some really profound stuff in there and it's got the mentioned it on the other song like fast slow fast slow like there's like the pixies were renowned for a loud quiet loud quiet loud quiet and there's so many bands who just use that formula you have quiet verses loud choruses oh. it just works play clean during the um during the verses and then just hit and that distortion bang. pedal when yeah. you hit the chorus and it just works and like it's quite a simple formula but it's refreshing on this because it feels like such like a change compared to the other tracks on the album but some amazing lines on there i mean who thought we'd talk about john paul sorcher on this <laughs> like hell is being stuck in a room full of your friends but 
we've got woke up in hell today spoke to the devil he turned away all my friends were there they didn't have no time to spare so it's taken that concept a touch further where like hell's being stuck with your friends forever and going over the same old things and driving you mad whereas this they won't even sort of turn around to talk to you such like a... it's just a song of misery isn't yeah. it yeah <laughs> Too, I like the line there. Lost in the ashes of time, they still sing echoes of romance gone bad. Like, so much on that. It's the the bit leading up to that as well. Out of the night comes a song that I know, Trista, Twisted and Ruined and Black. I can remember the people they were. Nobody knows if they'll ever come back. It's, it's that thing of not wanting to accept change. Like, echoes of romance gone bad. It's, you know... I can't move on from this. Like just constantly going over. Moody. Yeah. We talked in one like one of the old episodes about how like there's just a lot of like prototype goth stuff in Motorhead mm. lyrics, like and like top form Lemmy writing stuff. He just it's it's amazing how someone can write Snakebite Love and then churn this out in the same month. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, there's there's a song and a side. Oh wait a minute, there's a few songs and a side separating that, but but yeah, it, I never thought of it like that but it is really sort of pining mm-hmm. it's there's two sides to everybody man yeah you're all multifaceted creatures but yeah like that's definitely another takeaway off this like great great song really welcome to change of face in terms of like the experimental stuff hmm. this like not assassin just assassin. anything but assassin <laughs> Not to be the downer though, but like if you you put this against all the other motorhead ballady kind of things, it's not really, it's good, but is it in like the top tier of the motorhead ballady stuff? Like you know, Lost in Your Ozone or Nineteen uh, Sixteens or suppose that's that's the question again, sort of harking back to what we've talked about. It's comparing it to other songs mm-hmm. and going that's better. I think in terms of on this album. Yes, if you compare it to the songs on this album, yes, it's definitely a takeaway. It's definitely good. Mm. But when you compare it to two other songs in the back catalogue, it, it, none of them seem to win out. I don't know what it is. But I think this this and Take the Blame it can at least compete with those. I don't think Snakebite Love can. But yeah, this it's just, there's just something missing to make it like a classic and I'm not too sure what it is it's just not the it's not like there's some albums where it's just you have the memorable tracks you buy that album because it's got that track on this isn't one it's a good song but you wouldn't buy the album on the strength of this but I do like it very much and it might have to go on a playlist for me to appreciate more what do you think it's about someone online poses the poses the idea that it's about uh, him talking about all his friends that have died from drug overdoses I can see that for me it's... I can remember them better than you I share the darkness they had dead and gone dead and gone yeah. for me it's like it's that living in the past and it's not necessarily about about death but it seems to be like those lost opportunities and just you constantly like live in the past and go over that stuff in your head like you know you can't move on from that and there's sometimes you've just got to accept that like look that's over it's not happening like there's no rekindling what once what like because i know he's gone through hundreds if not thousands of women but it's 
Do you know what I mean? Because, I mean, there's, like, friends and everything that you'd miss, and you know if you got back to meet them again, it just wouldn't be the same and everything. It kind of feels like it's it's struggling to move on from that, or it's at least written from that perspective. I don't know if that's sort of from a place he was coming from. Woke up in my grave today. I dreamt I, dreamt I heard you say all of eternity was pain. I laid my head back down again. Yeah. So I was just like, well, mm. accept and move on, even though it ain't good. What a downer. This next track better be the most like uplifting, jazzy number ever. He said sighing. Jay, what is next? Yeah, what is next? Night size. Again, I think there's, you know, there's done some good work on this album. There's a lot of wah. I like wah. There's nothing wrong with wah. So, in terms of Mickey's Mickey D being quoted as saying, "This is the worst song about head written." I'll tell you the exact quotes because I'm, you know, a a journalist. I like to be precise about these things. Uh, Let's see. He said. For instance, we put on the worst song we ever had, which is Nightside. It's the worst shit I've ever done. It's the worst shit we've ever done. And we thought it was shit when we did it. We had no time to write another tune. We had nothing left. Yeah, so it just says they were drained. They were running out of energy and time and they needed X amount of songs on the album. So it's like, shit, guys, it's got to go on. But at this point, they're like, it's okay, well, Motorhead will survive. And they did survive, to be fair, didn't they? They've had plenty of bad reviews in the past. One more wasn't going to hurt them. So it's like, fuck it, put the album out. We'll get them next time. Yeah. But in, in, going back to the, the song and, like, its merits, are there any? <laughs> are there any? <laughs> to be it, as nice as possible, no. <laughs> it feels like the riffs borrowed from... What did I say earlier? Dogs of War. Because Dogs of War is... And this just goes the other way. It's... So it's just going the other way. I like the riff. I think the riff's fun. The rest of the song I have a problem with. So, again, like, awful vampire metaphors. Things that... What did you point that was grammatically incorrect? Is it the... No way to save your pearl self. No way to keep you immune. No magic ever produced will assist you to outlive the full of the moon. That's not how you write that sentence. Well, a full moon's associated with vampires yeah, as well. Outlive the full moon. Outlive the full of the moon. To, you could to escape the 
full no moon magic awesome. ever produced will assist you to outlive the full moon. Or to, to escape the thing of the full so there's a better way that could have been words, surely. A better place for the song in the bin. <laughs> Nightside, Devil Spawn, Nightside, Nightside, Del Hellborn, fucking... It's... It's not a good, it's not a good song. It's not... Sorry, it's not. I can't imagine the person that would listen to this regularly. No, I, was like, I can't think of anyone that would go like, you know, that's favourite song, that. It's like, I wish they played that. Like... like... <laughs> It, it does take this, all sorts. Yeah, I know, but you do like enjoy it, a band enough. that's been going yeah. for what are we call them well, twenty years <laughs> at this point, and more than twenty years it is. A band with twenty years releases under its belt shouldn't be putting out a song like this. No. <laughs> Don't well, like. Sometimes you gotta me. do what you gotta do. Let's let's just move past it. What's the yeah. next track gonna be, man? Don't you lie to me. Oh, don't lie to me. Don't lie to me. Drop that. Yeah, it's, it's classic rock and roll song. Oh no, I feel stuff. Again, not to get this point across too early. It's don't waste your time from <laughs> Sacrifice. It's exactly the same. Yeah, it's 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 very very similar. I'll give you that. I would argue the difference here is the thing I like about this song, and also the worst part of it is the lyrical part of it. It's it's Lemmy's like advice. So it's like a man's got to be a man, you know, a man's got to do right. All great stuff, all fits very much in, in the, the motorhead theme of like, you know, do the right thing, don't be a prick, yada, yada, yada. And it's him dispensing this this sage advice, but he kind of runs out of it. The first yeah. <laughs> and it turns into like, well, you can't make shit into gold. And like, yeah, that's not really sage life advice as more as it is like a saying that you've just heard. Uh, so yeah, yeah, eating facts and throwing up words. Eh? Yeah, Lem, I know. Yeah, but you know, get back to the good stuff. You see, it, it does fall into that trap of just put it in because it rhymes. It's, it's to, just to meet the scheme. Yeah, and like, don't lie to me is him talking to a lady. Like, don't lie to me. You know I hate that shit, baby. And it's got nothing to do with how the song opens. Apart from a man's got to be a man and say, "Don't lie to me." He, he he sticks with the man's gonna be a man theme a lot longer than he does with the don't lie to me theme. See, that's a, I, I quite like that it builds up to the don't lie to me, don't mm, yeah, lie. It's I, I like the way it does that, but in terms of substance to to the lyrics, it, the lyrics are just there because they fit the rhyming scheme. Like, 
just just that one the, the second verse a man's got to be a man and you see just what i am there ain't no room for it. it's it's like we're getting into limerick territory <laughs> nearly <laughs> in terms of the way this rhyming scheme works there ain't no room for mistakes everybody knows the moves they ought to make and again it doesn't really work mistakes make it kind of does man's got to tell the truth and if it's good you don't need no proof well so, yeah do. i mean that doesn't you know you can't say Ugh. no everything it you sounded see. good so it must be true it does fall into that it's it's a cool like rock and roll number like very honky tonk and as mm. you say like little richard and it's that it's that the rhyming couple it's that 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 no i was going to say drag that drive the choruses along but again maybe with more time for writing there might have been more substance to make it make it flow better rather than just fit i I mean again like good song compared to the others but compared to don't waste your time don't waste your time don't waste a minute of your life that to me is more memorable rather than don't lie to me, don't lie. Do you know I hate lie. that shit, baby? Yeah, yeah that's, that's kind fun. of forced. I like that. <laughs> well, we're talking about personal taste at this point. Yeah. Both great songs, but also both not world beaters. Not, yeah. not, not top five. Again, I'd probably just I'd take Don't Waste Your Time. And it might, it might just be a thing that I picked up Sacrifice before this. Hmm. So it might just be because. I've had years of listening to Sacrifice before I listened to this. Other people might be in the totally opposite boat where they had this first and didn't pick up Sacrifice till like many me. years later. Yeah. yeah. And that might just be the the difference there in that you you've had, you grew up with that particular version of the song because really they are the same song. <laughs> I think. Um, might also explain why I lean towards the more honky-tonk ones than I do like the, the metal-y ones. I always consider myself a rocker more than a metalhead. Like Motorhead. Much like Motorhead, yeah, you know. So what's uh, what's the next track on this good side that we've got going here? Joy of Labour. Oh, Joy of Labour, I like this song. I like the guitar that opens it. Listen to the guitar that opens it, man. Listen to the guitar that opens it, man. Just listen. Oh, 
Sonic guitar work on that song. Oh, yeah, I was going to say, it's like my second favourite song of all time. I don't think it talks enough about Phil's work on this, especially like the outro of the song where he just sings to like, I wish yeah, that solo, just go. I wish that solo went a bit longer, I don't usually say that. Yeah. There is there is a lot of songs on there that, that fade out like that and have sort of Phil's solo drifting off as it, as it gets quieter and quieter, but the, I don't think we've given him enough credit for for the way he plays on on some of these songs because it does it makes you want to it's that it's that thing and it it does annoy me a bit on motorhead because they do use they do seem to rely on the fade outs a lot for the end of songs mm-hmm. and it, with songs like that you want to hear more you want to hear him finish off that song yeah. well. i usually hate it when they do the long outro but i would have preferred that to be a longer outro so i could have heard more of that yeah. guitar it's joint longest song in the album but again, it? Only, it didn't feel like it. Again, only four fifty-two, so we haven't got a song over five minutes. Usually, like the long songs feel like long songs, but mm. I, I like the song, man. I like the lyrical content. I like the guitar and, and the ha- the harmony that Lemmy does with himself is like one of my earliest memories of Lemmy singing. Yeah. You know, it takes you on a journey, doesn't it? Because it's the unlike other songs where it they seem to have got like assassin like had two bits and sort of made them fit together mm-hmm. this flows better but it, it takes you on that journey but it doesn't feel stop start which is the problem with yeah. some of the songs which might make the them feel right song, yeah like I, again like great song but we were just discussing what do you think this is about well so your your version has has tented my opinion of it now so you go first so mine was that it's joy of labor set you free which is... But he only says that once, isn't it, doesn't no, he? No, no, he says it... It says it at the end of each... Oh, he says it twice. But anyway, Joy of Labour, so Work Set You Free, which is RV MacBlash, which was above the gates of Auschwitz. But it's such a... It's, it's, if it was a song about death camps, it would have been a lot more, like, heavy on the guitar. You know? I know, it, it just seems a bit... Because to me, there's bits that allude to it and then bits that don't so you've got you've got do you want to see right through the devil's eyes you must have seen the ground where they all stood before to me sort of putting them on the ground at one of these camps i was a young man then i was a young man then spending my time on the killing floor to me that's saying like it's almost like he's at like nuremberg almost and being tried for this i mean i don't think it's about that specifically but it's sort of the impression i got and almost sort of hiding behind the or not hiding behind but i know it's all this like i, w- I was young then i was it's like i'm just following what i'm told to do i'm so again you, i don't think that's well, lenny's say, intention are you saying it's from the pers- pers- are you said it's from the perspective of a guard or an inmate because to me, it's a guard, almost, or it could be someone it's... who's there. It's it's hard to tell because there's other lines that contradict it. So but, I don't think it's about that, but that's the impression I get with your, from it. From looking at it from your point of view now, I can see how it could be from someone who was in a death camp yeah. and woke up dead. You know, I woke up dead. Like Steve, you know, you've accept. You know, this is not going to end well for you. Uh, he, how, do you know what the devil does? He drives a man till he can take him on. I think this must be people from an death. inmate because I thought it may have been a guy because there's lines in there about I woke up in in a cell, you know, about to be hanged mm. almost. But 
there is in there about being beaten yeah. and everything by over. So I, I don't well, know if it let's, is. Let's get away from this hella depressing interpretation. I would have off the bat just said it's about working, working life, which is ultimately just you work, the boss man works you into the ground. Hmm. Woke up dead is just the same saying as like woken up at 6am to go work at your fucking shitty job. It's the monotony over yeah. and over so and you over know, again. You know, the joy of labour sets you free. It's like, oh, the joy of labour sets you free. Yeah. It's like sarcastic. Like you, you find yourself hanged and everything, but you, you just replaced. Like if, if you burn out, it's, mm. you will just be replaced. Like killing, killing floor is just like the, the abattoir as well yeah, yeah. so it's just like a guy working a, a shitty job killing animals yeah. it almost feels like that as well where each person's replaceable like yeah. on the killing floor right next one in next mm-hmm. one in next one in All like there's in there. yeah it's just it's not it's unexhaustive isn't it it's you know you as much as you think you may be indispensable do you know, do you know what if you work yourself into the ground then there's always someone else you can fill your shoes it's it's not one of the, it's one of the songs that made it into my happy to have a job playlist. But I put it at the end of the happy to have a job playlist because it reminded me don't stay in this job for too long. Yeah. So yes, two two hard pretty bleak interpretations. One much bleaker than the other. To be fair, good still a good song though. Yeah, I one think maybe forever tinted. Thanks a lot, Matt. Sorry, but I think maybe Lemmy's intention would have been more your interpretation than what I'm getting because surely they would have made some of the the illusions more on the nose for it if it was about death camps <laughs> but the guitar solo was good let's <laughs> bear that in mind what's the next yeah, interesting song? interesting interpretation as you say two very different interpretations of it which is you know it's one of the great things about it to get like your stance on things from different backgrounds and different experiences so, next song is Desperate For You, which is another one of the songs that... Desperado, Desperate For You, is well, it? Well, yeah, but this is another one which has been panned by the band, doesn't it? Desperado. Desperado. One of the worst songs on the record. No, that's a great song. That is a great song. <laughs> I know, I don't I've done, get it. I've done so much Googling during that song. It was like I was listening to a Half Man, Half Biscuit song. Yeah. I was trying to figure out the references. Man. This... So let's start from the beginning. <laughs> Are you going to go because, through the wall? Because the beginning's the best part. Because it's the best... <laughs> Probably the best intro, first line to a Mohit song, maybe. What's up? What's up, motherfuckers? I think I called your bluff. <laughs> I, can, I can't think of another Mohit song that's got motherfucker. Just 
What up, motherfucker? <laughs> it's it's just the thing as well. It's so like needless as well. But you know, like it would have had the the bloody parental advisory logo yeah. just plastered across the front because of that. It's like there's no need for it. That's it nothing. It's, like but the, it's, it's, cool the, it's the only fuck in the whole album, isn't yeah. it? So... <laughs> Not gonna censor me, goddamn I'm gonna say what's up, motherfucker. Uh, who's there? Who's there? I think you know, but I don't think you care. That's great in its simplicity. Love that. Came in on the Flyer Honey, nineteen fifty-two. Question mark. I mean, we've we've tried to find I'll out. To, I'll have to if, Google it. It's a reference. That's the train that is in the movie High Noon. The oh, from nineteen fifty-two though. It breaks down a book or something. I don't know. I thought I thought High Noon's like a western. Yeah, they had the west in the fifties. Yeah, but. Surely the film would not be set in the 50s. No, that's... Listen, if you Google came in on the flyer, 1952, first thing that comes up, uh, apart from lyrics, smoke my head, my <laughs> High Noon, 1952, official Gary Cooper, Grace Kelly. Fair enough. I <laughs> <laughs> argue with you, as I? Uh, I ain't no hire for money, so I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to be a gangster like Al Capone. A gangster of love. A gangster of love. Excuse me. Excuse me, Mark. Excuse me, everyone. He's a gangster of love. <laughs> I may not be Al Capone, but I think I'll be quite good, which is wonderfully modest. I may not be the best gangster of love, but I think, I think I'll do all right. All, um, I'm all I got right now. I'm all I got right now. So what are, you, so what are we going to do? I'm all I got right now, so what are we going to do? That's weird. Shouldn't that be, I'm all you got right now, yeah. so what do you want to do? But he does explain that later on. I don't talk like this, but I like to bend the rules. <laughs> so I was saying, yeah, I know I know. there's mistakes in this, but that's, that's just the way I am. <laughs> what are you going to do about it? Nothing. Came on on the Silver Streak, 1964. We're getting to it. yes. And the Silver Streak is a kind of camper van. It's like it's those big. It's like those big silver trailers that fifties and sixties movie stars used to be in. Isn't yes, it? it is. So it's so it's about like a movie actor guy, I guess. But I ain't no hire for money. Doesn't specify what for what he's hiring him for. But it beats being poor. He's a gangster of love. He's a gangster of love. Yes. <laughs> I'm gonna be an outlaw like Jesse James. Rob all of your banks. Ah, the, you know, the occasional train. Brilliant. Brilliant. <laughs> He's not committing himself full time to train robbery. No, it's a bank because... robbery. Oh, it's a bank robbery as well, because he'll do the occasional train. Like yeah. the odd one. He's he's not going to commit to all full-time train robbery because he's probably played Red Dead Redemption 2 and he knows what a pain in the arse it is because they just set upon you when you rob those things. And Bobby Ford should uh, should shoot him. Bobby Ford is, of course, Robert Ford, the man who killed uh, Jesse James. Not the professional footballer. Not the professional footballer <laughs> who played for Oxford. So we're learning so much about history. Yeah, and here. then I'm going to blow your brains out, just like Sirhan Sirhan, who, who I don't have a clue uh, what this is. Uh, a Palestinian Christian militant who assassinated U.S. State Senator Robert R... No, Robert F. Loading the page. <laughs> this is the weirdest episode of the fucking Motorhead fucking podcast. Uh, Robert F. Kennedy. I was going to say, was it one of the Kennedys? When did he kill him, eh? When did he do that? 
I don't want to sit here and read an Wikipedia article, but is that the last thing that needs googling in this song? Yeah, there, but there are some some other good lines. National hero gonna be a household name, like a roaring wind, like a hurricane. <laughs> Again, I love that stream of consciousness. That you know the the wind, the, the, the wind <laughs> spins around. Hurricane, that's it. He's like singing this song to someone who's hard of hearing or just slow and he has to explain. Oh, wow. I, I get maybe why he Wonderful. thinks... I love the song. I get maybe why they think or it's perceived as being, I don't like that because of the way the lyrics came out because it just feels like it's unfinished and unwritten. But because of it, it's it's hilarious. You know, man, I, <laughs> always, I always like this song and now I like it even more. I do. I really do. It's just going to put a smile on my face for the rest of my days about that assassination. The thing about that footballer that shot Robert F. Kennedy while he was occasionally robbing trains. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. Nobody knows the trouble I've seen. But it can be arranged. <laughs> When you got a bass, was that like the first thing you learned to do? How to do those blues I things? I think so, yeah. That's oh, what I used to do. Yeah. But as I used to go, just do that for hours at a time. Good, clean, fun, great song. It is, and like I, I don't get why this is just like, oh yeah, yeah, we didn't. It's one of those ones that was just written to, to Maybe just, just fill time. Maybe tainted by the experience, because they were just having a miserable <laughs> time as it was, yeah. and they just accidentally turned out this absolute banger of a top ten tune. Like unintentionally hilarious <laughs> <laughs> as well, which <laughs> maybe the the issue they take with it. I like it just because it's it's absurd. It's kind of like the snake bite love thing where it 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 just reaches levels of absurdity, <laughs> but because of it, it's hilarious. Well, but it's probably not... meant to be fun, you know. It yeah. is at the end of the day, and you can do all your sad assassin stuff, and you're uh, dead and gone because it's multifaceted. But the fun part's the best part. So let's let's just have fun with yeah, it. Yeah, if it's if it's not fun, then why, what are we why doing here? here? What are we doing here, guys? So the last next, track on the yeah, album. The next one is uh, what's it called, man? Better off dead. That's <laughs> nice um, upbeat song to finish on. I wouldn't. I wouldn't put this as the last song on the album. No, it's too good. I mean, it's good to close on a good song, but I think I think if you swapped this in Desperate for You rounds, yeah, I think that'd be mm. a better closer. Everyone was working on four cylinders there, weren't they? That was like the first time I've noticed that Sweet Mickey D all over the shop drumming. Uh, yeah, he had like the the double bass yeah. going, so it reminds you of like Bronze Era, like Phil playing and and things. I, it's a. It's a good song, but like it. again, it it's like the substance there. 
to it because I mean scratching the surface how much do you think there afterwards because I'm it kind of feels like just just put words in there for lyrics rather than it being mm. about something yeah it's it's not one of the like, I couldn't remember what it was and then like, I, I have vague memories of the chorus but the whole thing the whole song not really I don't really get what it's about it's but it's not bad though you know it's uh, i like the rhythm i, I like the vocal even looking at the lyrics now i have no problem with them yeah. yeah it's again i suppose if it has a memorable catchy chorus it's better than fucking assassin yeah but that's maybe the thing that we don't have songs on this which have got like dead catchy choruses there mm, are a few good songs but there's no you don't be going you're not going to be on your way home better off the better <laughs> off the like see what's about her shoes. Like you know, I I love that line because it's just so. This must have been like towards the end of the record. Just yeah, just that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> <laughs> just throw it in there because. But I suppose it changes things up. But again, it it just smacks of just being a bit. It's funny. It's fucking hilarious. Like, but it just seems a bit amateur. Although I do like the line. Come down. You in your wheelchair, come and dance. Let me show me some traction rather than action. Like that almost it reminds me back to when we were speaking to, to Tim about some of the words or things and stupid sayings that would come out. Sure. That kind of reminds me of something that may have. I know Wurzel's not on this, but it reminds me of like something that could have come out from like those stupid conversations. I'm just trying to decipher what it's actually about. I think it's. I think it's just one of those nonsense words thrown together. I mean, we haven't had a list song. Some, someone, someone posits the theory that it's. Uh, the song states, "If you lose your dignity, pride, and honor, you might as well die." I, I guess that's close. To, I think it's kind of like you're better off being who you are. And, you know, if you if you, you're better off dead than being someone else. Yeah, than being it. someone you're not. So like, come dance in your wheelchair. Show me subtraction is like. You know, you're in a wheelchair, but that's that's cool. Come to the Mohead show anyway. Mm. You know, be be who you are because if you're not who you are, even if you the person you are is a guy in a wheelchair, then you know, fuck it, own it, live it, be it. But then, does that really stand true to the rest of it? Like, mm. what is the voice we don't hear? Is it still talking to you? I hope it's still real clear. I hope it's pulling you through. And the shit about volcanoes in the beginning as well. Uh, anything goes when the angels sing, dance on volcanoes. This one really seems like a lyrical mess. I mean, to be fair, with the six-week period, with the other songs, it's there's the always about... been a theme running through, and there doesn't seem to be a one which has just been thrown together for the sake of it. But the thing about writing is, like, writing is rewriting is what they say, but the reason that you do the writing, rewriting so many times is because the idea that clicks in your head and you put down as that first draft makes sense to you because it's in your head. Whereas the viewer, the reader, the listener hears it and goes, what the fuck is he talking about? Mm. It's like, no, no, that made sense to me. And let me explain it to you. Like, benefit of hindsight. You can't explain it to us now. I mean, you're dead. Yeah. So, you know, that's why you need to redraft this shit so it makes I think a even more a, sense. Even if you asked him a year afterwards, he probably, <laughs> probably wouldn't, wouldn't have a clue. himself, no, in the moment. But again, like, if that was anything else, that would piss me off. If it was a, if it was a song or a movie or a book, I'd be like, this makes no sense. Get the fuck out of here, but... The, the, the rhythm works so yeah, well the, for me. The riffs, <laughs> no problem. Or the riff and the drums hold it together. So. That's the album then? Yeah. 
Like, I feel this is the first album that we've listened to and, and like, both agreed that it's not good for valid reasons and it helps that we have the information that no one liked the, that song. Nightside. No one liked Nightside and they didn't have enough time and Lemmy wasn't there for most of it and a lot of it was written on the fly. So you can say, fair enough, not the best album. But, having said that, I appreciate those songs on the second on the B side a lot. Yeah, I mean, there's. I'd have to go back and compare it to to Iron Fist because I know we chat all over that album, but I know there's more songs on this by like one. But are there more takeaways on this than there are Iron Fist? But again, it's that's the best comparison I can come at it with. But Iron Fist has got Iron Fist on it. <laughs> This is this is kind of what I'm saying about what it comes back to. There's nothing, there's nothing memorable. You're not, you're not looking at this album to say, well, it's not great, but it has got this on it. There's not, there's songs that, in a setting like this where we're listening through and going, Joe, you know I have more appreciation for "Desperate for You," for "Take the Blame," um, for "Dead and Gone," well, "Joy of Labor," but. In terms of are they memory? Am I gonna go away from this and throw them on a playlist and and they become like, like you know, like <sighs> forgotten classics? Mm. It's it's not. Iron Fist. I don't think did we have a problem with that album? I did. I oh, like you did. It. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at the the set list for it, the set list. I'm looking at the track list for it now. Heart of Stone. I'm the Doctor. Shut it down. Go to hell. Sex and Outrage. They're all my fucking favourites, so... Yeah, uh, compared to Iron Fist, to me, this album doesn't stand a chance. No, I mean... Good for sales, fun. Uh, Dead and Gone's interesting. Don't Lie to Me is... Even the stuff I like, Joy of Labour and uh, Love for Sale, I'd say were my favourite songs on the album. And would I put them in a playlist? Probably not. Yeah. I mean, take, take the blame, for me, is probably... But it's that Hammond organ solo, and I don't get why it's there. Like, I mean, in terms of songs, because there's a few, like, Desperate for You, I'd take away just because it's absurd, it's stupid, and love it because of it. But in terms of, like, serious, right, you, you're taking this and you're trying to sell Motorheads to one of the strength of this album. Mm. What you, Like, you've only got these 11 songs to pick from. What do you pick? And it's, well, it's Take the Blame, Love for Sale, Joy Labour. And snake bite love, uh, Porsche. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's just that that whole thing where it feels like even the songs we like have been done better elsewhere, and that's true. this whole true, album's true. problem. And it's in that period where you're not even going to see like any concert films or photos because it's Lemmy without the iconic mustache, mm. and it just looks odd and a bit weird. So that's that's part of the. It seems like this will be forgotten just because of its time period as well and the place it sits. That's that's my opinion of it. I'm sure we've probably got. I'm sure there's people out there who will defend this to yeah, the hell. Just not one of them. But I suppose, like you say, I come at some of these songs with a different, a different mindset to yourself because you had this growing up yep. so they have that it was the second that nostalgic feeling yeah, yeah second album i go yeah so second double album whereas i like head thing that i got don't waste your time 
you like don't lie to me mm. because it's just what you what you grew up that's what we what call a controlled to... experiment mm. when it's proven fruitful but you know what the first motorhead album i ever got man we are motorhead we are motorhead and that's what's gonna be come up it's next month next. fucking love that album i'm looking forward to this yeah. next month man that's a that great album oh. we are motorheads kind of feels like the turning point to the yeah, modern absolutely. era like 110 yeah. percent. and it's 2000, 2000 as well 2000 because yeah. we talk about the bronze era being the classic mm. lineup then you've got the 90s lineup last well 90s lineup the four piece which i'll include up to this in it it's it's that whole orgasmatron yeah to snake bite love and then the modern era when it really kicks in took us a while to get it. there but we're almost there and you can join us when we discuss that next month on the Motorhead Monthly Podcast, the only Motorhead podcast on the internet. Do listen to all the other podcast stuff on com. Check out the YouTube channel, Top Hats and Canes. Just YouTube, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you just type it in there. Uh, there's lots of stuff on there. And you don't have to... You know what? Disregard that. Don't bother, guys. Just keep listening to the podcast, and we'll see you next time. Same bat time, same bat channel for the Motorhead Monthly podcast. Motorhead Monthly, Excelsior!